What's that book you've been reading about? It's about heroes who get to go on adventures, defeat the monsters, and save the day. Little boy from the south side of Chicago, the only tourists that get to do that. This story is about my father and the secret birthright that's been kept from us. You're going after it. We're going near the car. He's gonna stand there, Tick. This is family business. We can family stay together. We're surrounded by monsters. I'm doing this to protect us. You can't win this game they setting up for you to play. This legacy belongs to our family. We gotta face this new world. Instinct, I'll claim it. This is our family story. Hello, and welcome to the first official episode of Lovecraft Country Critical. Uh, this is uh, this is a fan critical child podcast, so you may know us from Your other baby. shows such as The Watchman Watchers. Uh, we've go re- back really far: Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Castle mm. Rock. Uh, but we Not are here suitable for children, though. Well, neither's Lovecraft not. Country Critical, to be honest. Um, there is a, there you go, there's a, a profanity warning. Um, it may not be suitable for young people. Uh, this show is dedicated specifically to following the new HBO release, Lovecraft Country, uh, where the first episode came out today. Very exciting. Uh, so my name's Emma. I will be your host for this season. I'm also joined by Len. Hello there. Uh, Gareth. <laughs> Hello. That's more normal. <laughs> yeah, your actual voice. <laughs> and John. Hello, da. Hello. <laughs> See, all of us doing normal voices and Len being weird. I thought we said we're doing accents. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hopefully we've all watched the first episode um, and it's nice to have almost all oh, of the fan shit. critical crew here <laughs> not again John you did this on Saturday yeah, um, so mm. the premise of this adaptation a 2016 novel written by Matt Ruff called Lovecraft Country uh, which is uh, loosely inspired by uh, both the canon of H.P. Lovecraft and uh, other science fiction and horror as well as being set in Jim Crow America. So really interesting concept. We were really excited by uh, the trailers and the teasers. And it'll be interesting to see if the first episode has lived up to our expectations. So mm. the way we're going to run this podcast, uh, we're going to get everyone's thoughts on the episode. Uh, their blueberry scores, which whoever goes first gets to explain. Uh, then we will run through the plot and talk about some of the key uh, scenes and things that have happened, a bit about the characters that we meet and what's going to happen later in the series. And then I will pass over to Len for Cthulhu Corner, mm-hmm. uh, where we'll talk about all things canon, basically. Not all canons. All hail Cthulhu. All hail yes. Cthulhu. Uh, <laughs> um, that. But to kick... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was terrifying. I don't like That's it. That's our intro music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but to kick us off, Gaz, could you explain the Blueberry system? Tell us what you thought of this first episode and give it a score. Uh, well done. Coming to the creator of the Blueberry system. I was going to say starting with the worst one, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Start with I'll leave off. Starting, start, <laughs> starting with the creator of the Blueberry system. Gaz is my third favourite. Out of us out of us three, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you including yourself in that? Emma, yeah, or? I'm. I'm, um, my, I'm my second favourite. Yeah. All right. Blueberry system is a uh, a simple beast. Um, <laughs> zero to five. <laughs> and, I've, and I've got him here with me. Um, <laughs> zero to five blueberries. Um, zero blueberries if it's absolute rubbish, and five blueberries if it's absolutely fantastic. And there cannot be half blueberries because halving a blueberry is madness something mm. insanity that a character in lovecraftian fiction might do mm. um Fact. just to prove how crazy they've gone mm. maybe if they were in the mountains of madness oh Ooh. good yeah. that. Right. even i knew that reference cool. so there you go mm. <laughs> um all right, so that's it, really. The blue, the blueberry system. Um, I'll, Thanks, guys. I'll apply it. I'll apply it to episode one of Lovecraft Country, shall I? Yes, please. Um, well, I'm going to tell you straight off the bat. This first episode gets five blueberries. I, I love oh, it. Hey. I, yeah, I, I absolutely loved this. Uh, well, I think it was an hour and a bit of television. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's like considering the. Um, the the heaviness of the themes um and there are some very heavy themes throughout it manages to be really really fun and um and i enjoyed the the whole thing they they fit so much into this first episode mm. um that i mean i feel like our podcast could go on for a long time um which it can't i've got to go to work after this so i've got uh, to go to bed keep it short Slate. In fact, speaking of keeping it short, I will wrap up quickly. Um, <laughs> but we've we've learnt a lot um, in this episode. We've seen a lot, and we've had so many mysteries sort of sewn as well. Um, I like the characters, I like the story, and I and I like those mysteries. Um, just been a it's been a, a great setup, a great first episode, and uh, and yeah, five bloobs for me. Nice, thanks, Gaz. Mm. Uh, that's a great start. Um, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you next, John. Mm. Tell us, what do you think? What See, do you this score? always happens, doesn't it? The it's grumpy one. It's always happens because it's go. like, oh, look, five bloobs. Go to McCann to level it out. Um, <laughs> I already decided the order. It wasn't that. Wasn't the plan? I think you're going to join mm. me, John. Join us. Is- ah, See now, that score surprises me, and I tell you why it surprises me. Um, exposition, dialogue. Something that I know, Gaz, you absolutely hate it when it's like, you know, hey there, how you doing? I've not seen you for 10 years since the Vietnam War. How's your dad? And it's like, he's dead. <laughs> Remember, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. he's dead. Now, yeah. the dialogue in when this episode. No, it's just an example, yeah? <laughs> All right, that's episode three. Now, the dialogue is really bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah, it's oh, wow. it's terrible. Now I can think of one example, and I know exactly. I think I can think of one one example that I think maybe is in your head, but I can't think of any others where it's very exposition heavy. Mm. Um, maybe you can enlighten us later, but yeah, I don't know. Carry on. Yeah. Um, having said that, uh, look, dialogue aside, 
Um, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, look, I, I thought it was. Um, I thought the music was quite cool. Uh, I'm not sure I, I was a massive fan of blending into, you know, modern music. I was kind of like just just stay with the vibe, right? Just stay <laughs> yeah, in that era. You're an old man. Yeah. You hate that modern stuff. Oh, it's just What's all this modern garbage. Kid, kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I I I thought it was a bit slow. Um, as I say, look, uh, I, I look at it and I go, uh, the actors, pretty good. I'm just a bit, I have some concerns, which is why I'm, I'm kind of level-headed at this point. Um, I think, uh, I mean, it, it feels very, very quick. It's got to where it's got to very quick. There's a lot. Yeah. So, okay, I've just yeah, met yeah. these characters and, oh, fucking, what is that? It's like some <laughs> mad, like, goblin thing. So who is worse? What is worse, a big monster or racists? Or are they the same? No, they're not, because they killed the racists. But who <laughs> who really is the bad? No, no, because they would, both who are. Who would win in a fight? <laughs> who would win in a fight between a racist cop and a oh, he spit racism's head off. Hundred eyed. It's weird. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> but having said that, look, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm probably. I'll get, look, I'll give it three bloobs um, because I think first half was kind of a two or a three. And the second half was three or a four. So I say a three bloob is, um, it's a fairly, look, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's a good episode. Mm. All in all, um, I enjoyed it. I just don't think that episode one for me, nowhere near a five bloob. So that's it. Thanks, John. Um it's quite interesting watching you say all of that because obviously we're on video and just me and Gaz sitting there going, what? <laughs> so disappointed. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go next. I'm sad. Uh, just to even things up. Save the best so, till last. Correct. Male, female, male, female. I thought you'd gone already. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what to expect from the first episode because I love the book. Um, I enjoy some of... Lovecraftian fiction um I did read a lot of it all in one go so I will go back to reread some stuff and it did not disappoint for me I thought this was spectacular it was exciting it was so amazingly shot I loved the soundtrack I thought that was really cool that was one of the things that I really liked about the trailers the cast is fantastic and like they fit in a lot of stuff so I know it's going to move quickly and that hopefully it's not a kind of castle rock outsider-esque thing where it ends up halfway through just stopping for like three episodes but i don't think it will because there's a lot of content from the original novel that i think they can work with uh yeah really really enjoyed it and i watched it twice um which is unusual for me because you know time is precious uh so i i'm going to agree with gaz it's five bleeps Welcome, nice. welcome nice. to welcome to Cthulhu, um, the dark side. Go on then, Len, hit us. Diff- what about you? Different film. <clears throat> well, you know, having read the the book, or you know, listened to the audio book, as it were, and I've <laughs> been on a jet. I feel like I've been on a journey with these characters for like the last month because I've just been listening to it, taking my time with it, and then listening to it, and then seeing it realised in this episode. I was, I I loved it actually. I thought. I thought I was just shocked at how bold um, the decision making was at times just to go for it. And it's got Mm. this like fantastical and dreamlike feel to it. 
they've gone all in straight off the bat, especially in terms of like gothic horror elements and the sci-fi yeah. fantasy. Because in the book, it's a bit more restrained, like um, just like just yeah. the monsters. You don't even really see the monsters, right? Or you don't even see the monster <laughs> at the start. They you definitely know. see so, you. Certainly not in an audio <laughs> yeah. book anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no he also got he got the picture book to accompany it yeah. <laughs> um, oh god what's that uh, oh it's a policeman <laughs> no but like yeah. honestly like i think they like because i know john you had a your your concern <laughs> your concern john was that there wasn't going to be much mystery in this um and there is still a bit of mystery, but I think they've definitely just gone all in on the sort of like, here, this is supernatural. It, this is what we're going to be for the whole season. Um, and like you said, in the book, it's like a, co- a conversation about is it what is the real monster, the true monster of America at that time? Um, and I know we're joking about it, but it's at, at such, such an interesting storyline that sort of gets weaved throughout the book and I'm sure will happen this season and I thought this was like a perfect setup I I love the realization of characters I agree that the dialogue at times can be a bit heavy-handed but it's a premiere like they have to get a lot of information in there Uh, and you'll see why because there's a lot of material to get through like this this will end up being a sort of Twilight Zone X-Files like episodic show I'm pretty certain of that so there's going to be some maybe monster of the week elements to it. There's going to be some monster of some the week. other bits and pieces that are going on. So they had they had to get a lot in this first episode. But in terms of delivering something that's uh, suspenseful, uh, makes you care about the characters, very stylized. I thought they did a fantastic job, um, and I don't think they could have done a better job uh, for a, for a season premiere, knowing the source material. So I'm going to also give it a score of five blueberries, yeah. which makes it a very Oh, highly yeah. sought after and highly regarded premiere. Nice. <laughs> it's not a perfect score because obviously I, in fact, can I change mine to one? So we no. level it out a little <laughs> bit more. You can't retrospectively change your blueberries. It's not, that's not part of the system. That's 18 out of 20 blueberries. But who's the real monster, yeah? yeah. That, John McCann. That John police McCann. officer or John McCann or the thing with this hundred <laughs> eyes on his back. Yeah. Now, you've already said John McCann. <laughs> <laughs> now that's hair. <laughs> One hundred oh, hairs. One hundred oh, hair right. on my back. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Uh. <laughs> right, I'm leaving now. That's it. Someone else can use this. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, new rule for Lovecraft Country critical. No talk about back hair, please. Unless it. What was your What was your score, John? <laughs> fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, well, that's interesting because actually, I think even the three of us that have given it a full marks, top score, is for different reasons, and I think that that's that's good. And John, you are entitled to your own opinion. And, I enjoyed um, it. I enjoyed I, it. I'm not. I'm just. Yeah, you know. I haven't. Finished. I like to be taken on a couple of dates before I, you know, give up all my bloobs. So <laughs> fair enough. That's what mm, I'm saying. Fair enough. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Well, um, before we get into talking about the full plot I think it might be time for a little advert break Hello there, advert time Uh, and thank you for tuning in to Lovecraft Country Critical 
Um, we really do appreciate it. And if you are listening, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe right now. Very simple. And if you're listening on any of our other channels, <laughs> that's right. We want you to subscribe to the main one. So go Lovecraft Country Critical and hit subscribe. Yeah. Alternatively, if you want to hear more exciting things, not about Lovecraft Country, we have a whole podcast network here and everything we do gets posted to the Fan Critical channel. Mm. That's Fan Critical. That is on every podcast app, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, etc. Just search Fan Critical uh, and there you can subscribe and you will see fantastic series such as our latest How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That? where we review films that we've lied about seeing for years. Some absolute classics in there like Gladiator, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Robocop. There's so many, so many good ones. Right. Um, Armageddon. That, um, no, Arm- we haven't done that one yet. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a spoiler warning, isn't it? That's a spoiler. <laughs> um, Love, there's also our Lovecraft pa- Country. You've not seen that, have we? What? <laughs> <laughs> there's our um, also our famous worst of Netflix series where Gaz and John uh, mm. trawl the depths and sewers Boom. of Netflix to bring you uh, the nice. worst films they can find on there. Uh, that is hilarious. Uh, it gets a lot of good uh, reception, doesn't it, boys? So, um, Carl, what's out. this? What's this? Lovecraft Country. Oh, rubbish. Zero boobs. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want to do that, check out Fan Critical. Also, just to say, if you do want to sponsor us further, you can go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. That's patreon.com forward slash fan critical and on there you will see several tiers where you can donate some precious monies to us uh, and you will get access to bonus content you'll get access to our discord server you will get access to talk to us and also commission a podcast if you want to pay us that little bit extra more money which is something we do here we have commissioned podcasts we've done no country for old men Uh, me and Gaz have just done hereditary we did midsummer Uh, you know it's great to interact with the listeners and if you want us to talk about something specific you can go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and see that option there to do so. That is it for the advert, Emma. Back to you in the studio. Thanks, Len, uh, for telling everyone about all the stuff that we're doing. Awesome. Uh, Right, let's kick off with the plot of episode one, Sundown. Uh, So we open up in this episode with... uh, a very strange sci-fi-esque war dream uh, where there are some aliens. It's a bit of War of the Worlds in there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a red-skinned what, wait, hey, alien. Better than that. Hey, can you stop ruining Cthulhu Corner, please? <laughs> Look, you, we're going to talk about all the references okay. at the end of the episode. Right? Are, so, are come on, there's a lot to get through. We don't need this much detail. Half my notes are gone. There's only one bit left. <laughs> <laughs> and Jackie Robinson beating a monster's head in. Is, is that enough? Or, um, I thought this was an awesome way to open it up. Like, how cool. It was really exciting. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And, you know, is, is Vietnam turned out to be really strange? Or what month, What year are we in? What did you guys think of the opening? I, I think the thing that's interesting about the opening is... it. it, it uh, this is all where all the trailer imagery came from, right? Where everyone was, like, freaking out. Like, oh, Cthulhu's in this and all this sort of shit. And I was like watching the trailers I was like this is all going to be from the first episode or something and they basically have found a very interesting way uh, to get this idea across that you know that Atticus loves um, reading this pulp this science fiction and he's he, he loves this sort of genre 
Um, and they've also blended that with his actual history of being in the war. So I thought it was an excellent way of getting all of that information across in like a minute at the start of the episode to really set this character up and see what he's about. Yeah. Um, and I thought the effect, I thought the effects were actually very good. And yeah, I like, thought they were awesome. I think that, and I, this is the sort of thing like you see some ropey effects out there these days. Um, but <laughs> I thought the effects in this whole episode were brilliant, and I thought this was a just a sorry for the pun, like a home run start for the episode. Oh, you know, hell, for me. <laughs> this is where our money's going from Patreon, script writers. King L. Terrible. I thought, I thought it was a bit of a curveball. Oh, <laughs> oh, struck out. Yeah? Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. Uh, well, it's interesting because you've got this sci-fi dream thing, uh, which is then immediately juxtaposed with Baseball. reality. <laughs> no, not baseball, reality. Uh, so Atticus is on a bus. Um, he's sitting with another older black Bases woman. They're in, in the rear because obviously it's a segregated bus. It breaks down. Yeah. All the white people get in a truck and get ferried off and he has to go walking, which gives him an opportunity to chat to this nice little old lady and tell her that he was he's a veteran. He loves science mm-hmm. fiction and his dad's gone missing. Mm-hmm. So we've got everything all in one there. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I mean, you go from some sort of fucking Guardians of the Galaxy style. I mean, yeah. it's like a fucking yeah. red alien woman or something. And then there's a baseball yeah. player. Yeah. You've got all the worlds and all this shit. And it's like, fucking hell, what is going on here? I mean, I knew it was a dream. <laughs> um, but also, this is 30 seconds in. I've started watching it. I'm watching it actually on my laptop with my headphones on. Michelle turns and looks at what I'm watching and is like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, 60 seconds later, <laughs> yeah, uh, 60 seconds later, it's like the Green Book or something. And it's like, fucking mm. hell, this is all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I just think hide it a little bit. Just hide it. You know, I, I prefer it to be, I remember years ago watching um, From Dusk Till Dawn. And it's like you just feel like you're watching some sort of thriller, and then suddenly Salma Hayek's a fucking vampire, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what have I missed here? I don't remember this being the film, um, and I like that. And it's kind of they, they've just gone, oh, do you know what? It's just going to be fucking weird stuff. And I also want to know who this red alien woman is because she's obviously she's gonna she's gonna come back, and she's not just the dream. Yeah, mm. yeah, is that yeah, definitely. Is that- yeah. Spoiler warning, or <laughs> yeah, so um, spoiler warning. She's so one of the main characters, yeah. So it's just a bit weird. It's just a bit of a weird start, but I was fascinated. Um, and yeah, you're right. It was a smart way to kind of fuse his backstory uh, with his love for comics. It's not like he just went, "God, so I was just um, in Vietnam," <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what got me through these bloody comic books that I've been reading for 15 years. So at least that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, look, it was all right. Tell you what, though, well, it bloody was... some people didn't do comic books; they just wrote regular books like H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft, who I also enjoy reading. I will say, I will say before we go any further, it's Korea, that Korea, he, yeah, that, that he served in, not Vietnam. Oh, sorry, Vietnam. Vietnam sorry, sorry, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Korea, <laughs> Korea. No, no, no. I know. I was correcting myself. Yeah, sorry. Well, Emma said it earlier, and that's what done it. Yeah, that's what done it, yeah. Yeah, it was me. I'm yeah. an idiot. I'm a hack. Um, you fucking read the book as well. I don't yeah. know. Hack. 
I forget places. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Uh, so, great. Opening, fantastic. Uh, then eventually, uh, Ascus arrives uh, at the apartment to meet with his uncle George, Aunt Hippolyta, and his cousin Diana. Prior to that, bit of a weird sexy scene. Not going to talk about Courtney B. Vance doing a bit of fingering. That's rank. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> No, so I've got that image <laughs> in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Uncle George, uh, you mentioned this, John, uh, is responsible for a Green Book esque uh, publication called the Safe Negro Travel Guide, uh, where he basically goes around and reviews places to direct black travellers to places where they'll be welcome and safe. Um, so this opens up the conversation about uh, Atticus's missing dad, Montrose. Um, mm-hmm. and that he's he's been missing for a couple of weeks. So we're getting straight into this. There's no preamble here whatsoever. Gaz, what do you what did you think about um, meeting George, yeah, Hippolyta I mean, and Diana? Hippolyta. Um, yeah, I will say this quickly, Gaz. Hippolyta. Um, in the audiobook, she was called Hippolyta, and I was pretty certain from also reading stuff about this character that she was called Hippolyta. Interesting to me that they've gone with Hippolyta. It sounds like such a weird way to say the name. Well, yeah, it's like a lighter it's like a shape, zi- like a hippo. lighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting, actually, Len, but um, I've gone with the, the pronunciation from the show for continuity for our listeners. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Continue, Gaz. Um, well, uh, the, I guess the... Um, a broader point is the characters are really likable i think um and and these these three are no different um they seem like a seem like a lovely couple george and hippolyta um mm. and how, how did then, you get that was that before or after the fingering huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was during it was most mostly during yeah. um oh, look, <laughs> Yeah, they're doing that. <laughs> that, that. I'm yeah. sorry, is that the barometer for a good couple these days? Is that the barometer? Is that the test? No, apparently that's so, like, yeah. you know. Well, you got like, second base, they're, 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 Is that second base? Isn't that third? We're going back to, is it third base? We're going back to base. So. This whole thing is just baseball. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's madness. Uh, oh. um, I, it, oh, I, I think it's fine. I think that's lovely. They're, you know... It, not they're not they're not an old couple, but they're. I didn't ask you to focus on that it's bit. It's great that it's great that they're keeping the spark alive. Um, <laughs> but you are right, guys. They're very likable, aren't they? Like as characters, are, everyone you warm to them very quickly, don't you? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, their daughter has to hear it, which is um, not great. But yeah. I do. Oh, I do, not again. She's. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it actually. At, at, at first. At first, when she's she's sort of doing her little drawings, um, keep up the doodling, um, and she kind of hears the noises. She hears the noises and kind of she looks up, and the way that she looked up, I was like, oh, she she doesn't understand what's going on here. Uh, she looked confused by it, and I thought, I wonder, like, is she sort of is that giving us a hint as to her character? But then she just goes. Gross, and walks off. And I was like, oh yeah, not just a normal <laughs> teenage girl. You know, mm-hmm. her parents have sex upstairs. Um, but her comics—they're cool as well. I love that. Uh, I want to be part of that family in a way. <laughs> I bet you do, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. 
so after after we meet everyone, which is lovely, uh, then we start talking about the letter that Montrose has sent to uh, Atticus, where he mm-hmm. essentially says, um, I'll just to clarify, Atticus is called Tick in this. Yeah, they've they've they've, Not, they've that's his nickname. Yeah, yeah. Are they did they ever actually say he's called Atticus or did they just? Yes, they do. Tick. Mm. Tick. George calls him Atticus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. they have a conversation about this letter, uh, where Montrose says that he's tracked down Atticus's dead mum's lineage, which uh, mm-hmm. is a subject with with which he's long been obsessed, apparently. Uh, and it's got some really odd things in the letter. So, you know, he talks about the past being a living thing and that Atticus has a secret legacy, a birthright that's been kept from you. Um, and one of Atticus's concerns is that he mentions Arkham is the place that he's at. Yeah. Mm. That's not a real place, yeah. is it? That's from Lovecraft, mate. Mm. Uh, but luckily it turns out, actually, it's Ardham rather than Arkham. And, uh, and they make plans to leave for Ardham, Massachusetts, the following day. I mean, Len, for you, having read the book, did you enjoy this bit? Yeah, I did enjoy it. I mean, George is one of my favourite characters in the book. Um, and I think he's brilliantly realised in, in this first episode. Um, I uh, will talk about it in, in Cthulhu Corner, but like when Atticus picks up um, the Lovecraft book, uh, outside The Outsider and others... Um, that book looks awesome. I really want that book. Uh, and there'll be a little bit of trivia for you later on in Cthulhu Corner as to the value of that copy of the book. Um, so I I love this little scene. Um, and I love the fact that they call it, it's in Lovecraft Country, but it's not really. It's just a place called Arden. But in the book, they do also say that um, this is still technically Lovecraft Country that they're going to. So even though it's not Arkham and it is Arden. Um, but yeah, great scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, and then, so we've already sort of met her, um, but we get into the actual kind of real uh, plot. Letitia Lewis. <laughs> mm. Brilliant. Letitia right? Lewis. Letitia Danvers in the book, um, yes. I believe. But, Letitia uh, and yeah, Ruby Danvers. Yeah. The realisation of these two characters, uh, I think Letitia's pretty spot on. Ruby really took me by surprise the way that the direction they've gone in with this mm. character. Yeah, um, it's really interesting because their relationship seemed very similar, um, but Ruby was very different to what she was like in the book. But I mean, John, 100%. from a total like non-book perspective, because you can't read, um, what did you think of Letitia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't read the book, um, but... You know, it was, just, it was nowhere near like her character in the book, was it? Do you know what I mean? Terrible. <laughs> um, no, look, I uh, little sing song on stage. Love that. Mm. That was fucking great. That was that was really it good. Was cool. Um, I was a bit confused when they said they were sisters. I was like, hey, yeah. But other than that, um, and also their little fucking tiff on stage, where it's like, I mean, come on, just be normal now, and then later on, say, look, we don't get along. Right, remember that thing that happened a couple of weeks ago? Bloody mum's funeral! You didn't even fucking turn up to it. Oh, all right. And then later on, it's like oh, you didn't even turn up to mum's funeral. So like, okay, stop stressing me out. All right, I'm like, hey, look, it's only mum's funeral. <laughs> Chill out. So it's not like going out for once in a lifetime. <laughs> but um, I liked it. I, I thought the um, I thought the whole thing in the in the street was was cool. 
nice little yeah uh, I think block party I think the block party and the sort of realization of sort of 1950s um Chicago and this community there is I thought it was amazing like I thought the like sometimes you see some of these things like these sort of period dramas as it were and and the cost you just see straight through everything and the costumes and I thought this was brilliantly realized it's so um, beautifully styled and it looks it looks yeah the style I thought the stylizing of the whole episode was amazing obviously you had the kids playing in the like the the iconic hydrant fire hydrant the water so he comes on going, no no turn the water off <laughs> no right? water no more no fun water. fun's cancelled today and he goes off and everyone's <laughs> like ah oh, what he's turned the fun off and then obviously he's like oh hold on is he gone this is a block party Go get the wrench. Yeah. Yep. Goes out. Fire hydrant on. Fun's back off. on. Fun's on here. <laughs> and those two sisters that hate each other are on stage singing. You know, this life's good. Life's bloody good. Mm. Um, it was good, wasn't it? Good. Very good. Very life, good. shade. But it was fine. Life gets a bit worse, uh, unfortunately, because Letitia decides to join George and Atticus uh, on their journey to Ardham at Massachusetts because she wants to go and see her brother, which is on the way. And they don't have a great journey. So right. I'm going to give just him before a... just before that journey, Ooh. I'm going to make a confession. There's about two minutes where I zoned out, and then suddenly they're all in the car, and I was like, <laughs> "When did they talk <laughs> to one another?" That's basically all that happened. Mm. That's what turned it into a five for us, John. That two minutes. So <laughs> yeah, that was that's, the best that's obviously, bit. I've, I've heard you say that before, no. Len. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the thing is there. Like obviously, Letitia, Letitia, and Atticus haven't seen each other since they were kids. Um, and Letitia's obviously very surprised about how Atticus has turned out to be this big, strong, imposing sort of I, I remember that bit. I remember her talking man. to her sister going, isn't that the little nerdy guy that used to wear the glasses? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. would you say that to me? Why would you, why would you say <laughs> that to me? That's just a memory that we share. I was just having a go at you about the mum and the funeral. Why? It's, the exposition is ridiculous. So is that the guy the, with the glasses in there? Remember, remember 18 years ago? Oh, mate, honestly. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, they're family yeah, friends. But you also you also have a very interesting moment where um, the daughter gives George, uh, for the road trip, the latest copy of her comic, which is uh, no Blue. longer Panther Man and is now Orithea Blue and her, and her Cosmic Tales. So that, that will be interesting later on in the series for sure. So keep an eye on that one. I've got a little fact for Cthulhu Corner about that, if you haven't, Len. Yeah, 100%. I'll text it to you so you can add it in yourself. Um, No, really good points. And I think there's a lot of little things that happen in this episode. We'd be here for hours if we talked about all of them. And, and, you know, some of them will be important. So do bring them up if you want to raise them. But if I skip over them, please don't be (laughs) offended. Um, Well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say in that two minutes that John missed, um, it turns out that Letitia was part of of Atticus's little nerd group uh, from the sounds of things. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's like, oh well, you know, you were the only female member of the oh, uh, nerdy hell. science get, fiction. Why did you say that, though? Reader, yeah. So that that was the bit of dialogue that I thought you meant oh, was fucking um, hell, imagine. expositionally, and you missed it. So um, imagine that. Not. Imagine me bumping into one of you in like five years' time and going, "Hey, do you remember when we were a part of that podcast? Why are you talking to me like this? <laughs> <laughs> Is this on film or?" Right. <laughs> Are you wearing a wire? Camera. Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember all that money that we got? They do have a terrible journey. 
Um, and, it, and it just all goes pretty badly. So I'm going to give you a really brief like rundown of it and then we can talk about how we felt about it. So George suggests that they stop at this particular town where uh, six months or so ago there was a really good um, recommendation for someone's diner. And they're like, oh, we'll go and check it out. And they drive into town. It's not looking good. They walk into the diner. It all gets a bit weird. Letitia goes to the toilet, then comes running out being like, get the fuck out of here because they're all massive racists. One of the big Mm. reasons being the walls are painted white because that's good for covering up burns. Um, And then they get chased out of town by a load of shooting racist idiots. um, And it's terrifying. They are somehow managed to be saved from this chase, A, by Letitia's mad batshit driving, and B, uh, by some very fancy-looking silver car that uh, pulls in between them, uh, stops the fire truck uh, with all the racist men in it with guns, and uh, some very attractive fancy blonde woman steps out of it. Okay, that oh, yeah. that is our first very uncomfortable experience of weird shit and horrible shit happening. Mm. Well... well- what you also have is is that whole montage is offset with a, a very famous speech. I can't remember. I, James, I, I obviously James Baldwin, right? Yeah, um, and I thought that was a brilliant editorial decision, and I love the sequence in terms of the way it's structured. Like you see them stopping off at random points, obviously, um, and just there's moments in the book there, but they just use them in a sort of montage sort of sequence, and then this culminates in in the in the the, the fire brigade chase or whatever it is. And I thought that was brilliantly done as Come well. Come back, and you're on fire. Similar. We're trying to put your, the fire out on the <laughs> back to, of your car. To fire <laughs> There's two chase scenes in this episode and I thought they were both excellent. Um, and I, 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 th- I thought this whole sequence was, was amazing, to be honest with you, and really sets the tone for this sort of road trip that they're on. Um, mm. Just it's great stuff. It's a really this is a really big part of the book, I think, um, in its in in its impact. So it was really important that these mm. particular scenes yeah. hit hit home well, and I think they did. Mm-hmm. Like even though I knew what was happening and I knew they were going to get out of it and I knew how it was going to end, I was still right on the edge of my seat both times I watched it, and I think it was it was shot fantastically. And you're right that that montage is is great because it's a you've got this fantastic speech happening in the background. B, there's some really happy scenes, but there's also some really awkward shit in there, like a guy pretending to be a monkey because, you know, yeah, it's, racism. Yeah, um, he yeah. was such a pussy as well. Like the, the yeah, monkey well, guy, like yeah, little worm. Yeah, it was like just tiny, like loser of a guy. Like Atkins is ripped. Yeah, like, what's he doing? Are you what is mental? Like fucking yeah. hell. At- and Atticus is quite like that. Like he's he's quite measured. Like a lot of times, he he sort of restrict. He, he sort of pulls well, himself back from confrontation. Letitia, yeah, to pull but, him back. but he sort of does it as well in his own mind. Like in the book, so he's quite a measured person. Like he sees the uh, benefit of only getting into confrontation when necessary. And obviously, he did not deem that guy necessary. Let's be honest. Right well, for, some, um, for some for some levity in that scene. So, mm. um. I mean, it was fine. Uh, I just didn't feel like I'd watched anything I'd not seen before. Like mm. it just felt. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I quite, I quite like the, um, I quite like the. Why would you have white paint and then the the reveal of covering, you know, a burnt yeah. building? Like, oh yeah, that's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Feel like that probably could have been revealed mm. a little bit better than just. Oh, hang about. Why would you? It was like very like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then it was like, oh, hang about. Let me just kick this floor. And like, oh, what's going on? It's too quick. Like, all right, when mm. she runs out, I, I was like, all right, I quite like that. Um, the chase was fine. The chase later on is way better. They, that mm. that to me was different. And we'll talk about that in a bit and what, as to why that chase is different. Um, but this, it just, it didn't feel, it, it just didn't feel original. And again, I mean, we're talking about a book that was written, what, like four years ago? Something like mm-hmm. that. Is that right? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like, I'd give it a pass if it was based on a book that was written like four years ago. But it's kind of, mm. I just looked at it and just thought, it's just a bit cliched. But I, again, look, it's fine. And they're obviously using it to set the scene and it's episode one. So yeah. it's all right, fine. If it, if it had dragged out over six episodes, I'd be a bit like, fucking hell. This is just, I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like I've I've sat and watched and felt uncomfortable seeing this stuff before. It didn't feel particularly clever to me, um, which is Gaz, fine. what about you, Gaz? I, I loved it. I, I loved this this scene. Um, just a little bit of trivia on that, that speech because I sort of read up on it last night afterwards. But it actually happened, I think. So I think the show's set in 1955 specifically and the the speech happened 10 years later. Um, so it's actually a speech that that hasn't happened yet in mm. uh, you know in the in the book or show world. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, so it's quite cool. Um, and so I guess what well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess what it's doing is that that speech is you know that speech is of its time. It's talking about it is talking about what's happened leading up to that point isn't it so you know experiences like the yeah. one that they're having that we're the seeing moment, yeah contribute yeah, that's to good. that speech so yeah very good yeah. <laughs> nice well so we have a bit of an interlude on their journey after this because they stop at Letitia's brother's house um mm, don't really <laughs> yep they don't really talk um, much about exactly what happened um but they speak with him and they've asked him to do a bit of research about Ardham to find out about it because it's not on any maps anywhere and it's all a bit elusive. Um, so essentially it turns out it was founded by a load of witch hunters. Uh, they don't really like outsiders um, and the county sheriff is a horrible, horrible man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting about eyes uh, this mind. and it's and it's, it's, <laughs> and it's something that I think is is also like and mate, these characters are so good at doing, um, and you'll probably see more of it throughout the season. But they brush off these like near death experiences like they're nothing to them, and that just goes to show like how strong characters they are because they had this or how much shit they just have to dip, where, like deal pe- with all pe- the time. People have just they've just had a gun like fired at them like ten times, the windows shot out like running for their lives and then they're all just sitting laughing around a table like oh yeah that's just that's what we were expecting was going to happen okay um and it and it shows how strong the characters are you'll see more instances of this throughout the season i'm sure where they just sort of like brush it off and keep going see you know okay but i mean that would be fine because it's like they're so used to uh that sort of treatment you know it's such a piss poor uh, world that they live in that they just brush it off as nothing so yeah, I, mm. I understand that. I don't know when there's a silver car that turns up and then there's like a magic flip. I'd be, but I'd be a bit like, that's definitely yeah. that is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is that's different. worth that, that's talking not about usual. later over dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that that annoyed me a little mm. bit. 
Because it's like if a dinosaur had mm. come in and just killed everyone, they wouldn't be like, yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> one of them things. I think, I think, I think at this point they're in a little bit of disbelief and and sort of not sure what they saw, kind of thing. But obviously by the end of the episode, they're fully clued in on, yeah. like, okay, something's going on here. I think John has a point though. Like if you weren't sure, you'd be like, what the fuck actually happened when that car crashed? Because I don't think it hit the car. It's mad. Like you it? would talk about that. Mm. You would talk. You wouldn't just be like, um. Not sure. Anyway, these <laughs> potatoes are lovely. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, we then um, we they then leave, and um, things don't get any easier on this journey. And we finally get to the part of the episode where I understand the title of the episode, because often when you watch something, you look for the title of it, or when you read something, mm. no. you look for the title of it. In the thing, no. don't you? We're not having this conversation again, are we? We no. fucking are, yeah. No, we're not. Um, but essentially what happens is they find themselves uh, in a sundown county. Uh, Devon mm. County, yeah. Which is particularly unpleasant. If you're still here after sundown, I can lynch you. Mm. It's essentially mm. what mm. the horrific sheriff says. Um, and, and this is where we get to, you know, the, the second chase. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. I don't really want to repeat him verbatim. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um. They, yeah. They've pulled over. They've got lost in the woods. He turns up. He's an absolute fucking knobber. Um. And then there was a race to get out of the county by sundown. Yeah. Um. Gas. What did you think of this kind of second hiccup on their? Uh... <laughs> that feels like you're underplaying it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean oh, yeah, to. Yeah. We've we've had a bit of a hiccup today. Um. What gas ran out? No. 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 It's worse than <laughs> no. that. But it was it was excellent because um, what I loved about this was um, Atticus and and Letty sort of standing by the forest talking about talking about the monsters that could be in there. Sort of Atticus is just referencing some Lovecraftian the Shogoth monsters, yeah. the Shogoth, yeah, and um, and he's and he's describing how horrific it is, and you know it's just a big lump with loads of eyes. And I'd be mad if it'd be mad if that made up thing turned up, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, they made up. Spoiler <laughs> warning! Don't worry about it. It'd be absolutely fine. No, but They're definitely not turning up in I ten love, minutes. It's fine. Maybe this would be maybe this would be too too on the nose for someone like John. But I loved that whilst they're talking about that, that's when. The policeman mm. turns up. That's yeah. when the sheriff rolls in 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 the background. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. You know, you're thinking about these monsters, these fictional monsters in the woods. Well, look out for the real monsters behind you. Well, I'll tell you, I'll I tell you what would have been lot. good though, if like when he turns up in his car, let's say like he brakes vigorously, and the noise of the car, they kind of the sound editing is they mix it in, and it sort of sounds. Like monstrous, yeah, that would have been quite good. Yeah, well, yeah. see, there you go. So that's that would take up four bloobs. So that's what I'm saying. Right, John, you, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll get He's you direct, direct into season two. I'll be in touch. Watching him chase them out at sundown, you know, they can't speed because he'll pull them over. They've got to get over the county line. He's ramming into the back. It's of amazing. Them. This the, the tension was slow incredible. Paced chase scene. Yeah, this is this is a great. Like John's right, this chase is better. Um, oh, yeah. because it's got so so many different elements to it the sun going down that's the real race and then <laughs> they're only going like tw- they're only going like 25 kilometers an hour and he has to ask um can i is it legal for me to do a u-turn in this road like there's all that sort of element to it like just every sort of loophole possible to try and basically kill these guys mm. and it's just horrific yeah and then you know 
luckily Tick, so you know, sort of quite very smart and knows that traveling that they might not be able to do a u-turn and they have to go the speed limit otherwise they get pulled over it's just so good like this whole scene is so tense and horrible and it's the same in the book um and yeah seeing it realized it like this was great i absolutely loved it yeah so i mean this was the bit where i was like i i could give the episode four bloobs this is good stuff this is excellent stuff actually Mm. um Mm. And a lot of this is like, how many times would you ever see a chase? I mean, very rarely see two chases in one episode, but whatever. Yeah. But this chase, it's like, it's it's a slow chase. It's like yeah. it, it, you've got a race against nature. Uh, maybe mm. maybe there's a whole nature versus nurture here. I don't know with the police being the yeah. nurture and stuff. But you know, I haven't looked that deep into it. Yeah. But if I had done, that is what it is. Um, excellent, so good. You know, it's like the opposite of speed, isn't it? Yeah, well, slow. Yeah, <laughs> don't name it that way. Um, I'd never heard that, of the. That was the uh, other name for the episode. But this again, like historical pretext. I'd I'd never heard of sundown towns. Um, mm. and again, we we go back to to Watchmen. Yeah, well, mm. spoiler warnings mm. there but there's stuff that happens in that that I'm like fucking hell this is awful and it's actually it was a real historical event but yeah like it's just it's mental um, but again mm. this bit everything about it the build up the dialogue good dialogue um, <laughs> yeah very good uh, yeah brilliant I can't go any faster yeah go on just get past that bit um, is that a mad goblin that just ran past don't worry about that just come on just focus not got yeah? time for that just keep driving forward let's <laughs> get over the train tracks um, train yeah. the train as well. You can hear the train like it sounds like a train is yeah. coming. If they'd have edited in like a monstrous howling with the train as well, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh, what is that? Is that my- oh no, it's a train!" So yeah, do that next time. <laughs> oh, good God! I can't remember what I was going to say now. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the oh, this is what we were saying before about like how how as an HBO production this should be a spectacular piece of television and that's that set of scenes that chase that slow-mo chase is exactly why we had that hope because this is what mm. HBO does really mm. well is really it's good set pieces mm. it's totally different and it was brilliant and they and it's that feeling when they get over the train tracks and you think yes they've made it and then yeah. all, all hell lets loose again because there's a roadblock and uh, they've decided that Atticus, George, and Letitia are responsible for a string of robberies, obviously, because uh, you know they're not they're not from town and they're not yeah. like everyone else from town. Um, yeah. So this this is once again like it's that idea of repetition. Like John said, you know, you've had two chases in this episode. They've been pulled over like three times, essentially. Do you know what I mean? In this one episode. And and they only went on the road trip like 40 minutes into the episode. Right. So you're trying to get this idea that literally going any going anywhere for them is literally impossible without having any form of sort of confrontation. Yeah. Right. Well, the game is rigged, isn't it? The game's rigged. The game is rigged. Yeah. The game is rigged. Except good you job. don't That's expect really it to be rigged by a giant blob with hundreds of eyes. That's when <laughs> shit gets fucking weird. Mm. So, so this, so them literally being taken out into the woods now is essentially 
their death warrant, right? Um, and <laughs> it's interesting because obviously you can tell from the previous car chase that somebody is on their side and somebody is helping them. Um, and then I was, this is the thing that got me about this whole episode is I was expecting them to sort of mirror what they do in the book, which is take this back a bit and make it more of like the people aren't really sure about what they saw um, and keep it sort of a bit more in the shadows. But nope, they don't do that here. They just go, hey guys, fucking monster vampire creatures. Um, <laughs> and they're going to rip... The gore level is amazing. They were like the demogorgons. The elements are amazing. It's amazing, man. The blood everywhere. I was like, this is brilliant. How fucking shit this scary was it as well? Like... I was I knew it was happening and I knew what I knew what was coming and it still had me jumping um and it was like you know they almost immediately eat like two of the sheriff's men um, oh my god which so is good. just and then an arm falls down with a flashlight in it and George is on the floor and everyone's running and it was ju- like fuck that thanks mm. whoa whoa calm down <laughs> huh <laughs> What are you doing? This is mad. Why is this happening? This is too far. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The noises that they make are terrifying as well when you hear them in in the forest. I mean, Gaz, you're you're a big big Lovecraft fan, right? So this kind of stuff must be right up your alley. Just to specify, I'm a big Lovecraft fiction fan. (laughs) Yes, sorry. Not a fan of Lovecraft (laughs) the person. That's what I mean. Because we've discussed this this in the preview podcast that he is a horrible racist uh, yeah. But yes. Yeah. Bad, bad man, but could write. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, th- th- that's kind of referenced um, earlier in, on in the show. Atticus says, like, you know, just loving the art isn't uh, like you, you love things even though they're imperfect. Um, yeah. And that's a very good line. Yeah. That's a very good line. It's taken for the book. It's, I think George says something like, you know, books are like people. Sometimes they let you down. Like, that yeah. is just. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? That's right. At the beginning, um, it's really what? clever, and that's correct. You know, Atticus says it in the show, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Lovecraft yeah. writes some lovely stuff, but as a person, he's really let us all down. Yeah, and that no. is the actual dialogue <laughs> from the show. H.P. <laughs> <laughs> Lovecraft is awful racist man, but if in like a hundred years' time they make a TV series out of it, don't worry about it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what's TV? Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um. Uh, with Lovecraft, he does obviously have some seriously, seriously fucked up monsters in his uh, yeah. in his literature, mm-hmm. um, and he describes those monsters in great detail. So, uh, what I'm about to say might sound slightly contradictory, um, but what he also does, though, is he. I think that his best work is the stuff that is about kind of forbidden knowledge and knowing that there's something um deeply disturbing and sort of uncomprehensible out there rather than the stuff that's like raw big monster um yeah and like the things about uh, science and going too far and like herbert west is an example of that that i love yeah and yeah exactly and like like and knowledge causing madness um and uh and for me although i i really i liked i liked what was happening here from a totally different perspective it it isn't lovecraftian in that sense for me mm. um 
and I I could have I could have done with the reveal being um, delayed and hinted at uh, personally. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they, what are your thoughts? They kind of work out that they're you know these particular creatures don't seem to like light, bits like vampires. Uh, so. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that the sheriff's had half of his shoulder bitten off. This is horrible. So they've taken shelter yeah. in a house somewhere um, in the middle of the woods. And eventually uh, there is a, an argument and a decision made in which Letitia is told to run to the car, get the headlights on and get back. But damn, did she run. Like that was, but you could, oh, great you could feel the fear in her. Like you could feel it her was great. terror. It was but amazing. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what's lucky is that like pretty much this entire journey she's been wearing these like high heels and then this day she decides to wear flats <laughs> yeah. lucky yeah. she's Good needed call. flats all day to be honest there's been a lot of running the happening. the moment in this sequence where like the metamorphosis happens of the sheriff oh. yeah. he starts to turn it into the vampire the effects are incredible so like rough. i was watching this going this is so good this is proper horror stuff i mean this you know it, as I said, it's not like this in the book, but I was just like, Jesus, this is brilliant. This is this is amazing. They're just going. It's like they're having so much fun with this sequence, and and I really appreciate that because they could have just been so tepid with it, and they've just gone, Nah, we're going hundred miles an hour. It it sounds sounds to me like just based on the the point that I brought up earlier, Len, that you sort yeah. of disagree. You disagree with that. You're you're glad that they went. They went all out with it rather than keeping well, something back. And I, I think I think this show's not going to work. I think personally, this show isn't going to work as being something different and interesting if it just goes on the let's taper it back a little bit and oh let's have a little bit of mystery here. They have to just go <laughs> for it because you'll see you'll literally <laughs> Ooh, see in episode wham. two. You'll see in episode two and even episode <laughs> three. There's going to be things where you're like, well, that's now they've done this. That when they show you stuff in episode two and three, you're going to go, okay, that's fine because yeah, they've, yeah. they've said yeah. from the start, this is what the show is going to be. If they just had this, like, oh, is there something? And then episode three, you're like, what the fuck? I th- you know, I think also that work. there are so many other things in this story, if they follow the story that we've read, that are almost more terrifying than a giant blob with eyes yeah, yeah. because they are more human. Um, but no, I, I thought I actually, and for me, I'm not usually a big fan of like big, gory, in your face stuff but I, th- I thought this was great <laughs> it was exciting mm-hmm. and I think Stick the kids the trailers <laughs> I thought it was great um, and now that that's happened Letitia's back she's got some flares and her and Atticus are outside <laughs> like, how'd you run in basically <laughs> running <laughs> flares fuck's sake that's a different that's a different decade mate that is Vietnam mm. um, and uh, <laughs> that's what it's famous for <laughs> basically yeah, they're basically lighting the whole place up, and then eventually all of the weird, horrible demogorgon monsters like fuck off. Um, yeah. And there's this weird. Well, noise. you get a phone call, don't they? Call it off. Call it off, guys. Yeah, no, like, don't get that. No, yeah, yeah, don't get that. Off. Um, and what, I, what they don't realise <laughs> is that the giant blobby eye monsters there, um, which I thought was quite cool uh, in the background, but. We get to the kind of final scene, so it's next morning. The three of them are bloody and like fucked up, and they walk to Ardham, <laughs> and so they finally found the place. I don't know how. I'm not going to ask. Um, and they get to this huge estate. That silver car's in the driveway, and then this guy opens the door, blonde haired, blue eyed, and he says, "Ah, 
Atticus, welcome home. And that's mm-hmm. where we end. Mr. Freeman, yeah. We've been expecting you. Yes. He's like, why? And he goes, no, save that for the next episode. And that's it. And then it yeah. ends. Um, oh, I, I liked it. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like that kind of... He looks a bit shit of... though, doesn't he? He, he looks a little bit. He looks, um, a, bit looks a little bit Umbrella Academy. Do you know I will say this: I'm ho- I'm hoping that he is a certain character and not another character. Um, and, and, <laughs> oh, and, uh, I see. Yes. Oh, and I yeah. hope that next week you're hoping he's the sister. Get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll talk. I'll cut, put a pin in it. I'll come back to it next week. No, I agree um, with you then, though. On that front, I hadn't thought yeah, about that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I will say that I love the idea of them just having this horrible ordeal and they're just, they are, it's like something out of like a, a horror movie that's hilarious, you know, it's got funny undertones to it. They just stroll up to this pristine gardened mansion covered yeah. in blood, like tattered on death's door. And, and then, you know, he's like, oh yeah, we've been inspecting you. It's just, I love it. It's very he's Jordan like, what Peele. What are you doing um, here? Yeah. This, this, this is a very Jordan Peele sort of moment um and i really enjoyed it and i think if you don't know what happens in the book that line of welcome home you're like what yeah what the fuck i mean i say Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i mean guys is that true or what did you think you might just Mm -hmm. might just be friendly guy look you know yeah me casa su casa my home is your home yeah yeah so oh i used to live here did i no I'm just. No, 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 you're no, no. a guest. You know, it's, it's what we do. Okay. All, all are welcome. Yeah, and I imagine mm. the butler's there. He's like, like he's he's got a human body, but like a crocodile head, and then he but he speaks <laughs> like perfect English. Well, well, that's why we're worrying that he's like this blonde guy is the butler that's supposed to have a crocodile head. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. bad characterisation. Imagine that. That's what we're concerned about. <laughs> um, and that's where we leave it. But hope, hopefully that leaves us all pretty excited for the second episode to find out what happens and why he's being well, welcomed I can't wait home. to meet Staffy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Staffy's going to turn up too, so brilliant. Um, speaking of Snappy, uh, I reckon it might be time to hand over to Len for Cthulhu Corner. Yes, hello, thank you, and welcome to the inaugural Cthulhu Corner. And this is a thing that I'm making compulsory that we all have to... Once I say all hail Cthulhu, you all have to say all hail Cthulhu. All right, so all hail Cthulhu. (laughs) Good. Participation high. Yeah, 100%. Um, (laughs) Right, so this is the section of the podcast where we list all the references and delicious little Easter eggs contained in the episode. Mm. Um, and seeing as I've read the book and so has Emma, we're also going to detail any changes that the show has made specific to that episode. Um, and then I'll let you decide whether they were for better or for worse, but let's kick things off with that amazing uh, dream sequence that we started the episode with. Emma's already ruined this. So fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Alien. Um, I, look, <laughs> Maybe you should tell me what's in Cthulhu Corner and then yeah. I won't ruin right, it for well. you. But imagine not That's mentioning fair. that at the beginning. So <laughs> yeah, basically he's on a bus. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what, what, what about the, There's uh, a dream <laughs> sequence and then some racism. Move on. 
Yeah. yeah, that's just the whole episode. Um, so we ha- so we have a voiceover and the voiceover says, this is the story of a boy and his dream. But more than that, it is the story of an American boy and a dream that is truly American. And that is from the Jackie Robinson story, uh, which is the 1950 biographical <laughs> film of, of Jackie Robinson. Gaz uh, yawning immediately on- at the beginning of Cthulhu <laughs> Corner. Love it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That. Um, and it's basically about Robinson's struggle with abuse of bigots as he tries to become the first African American major league baseball player of the modern era. And this is obviously this whole sequence is so well meshed together because you've got all of the references to the pulp and science fiction that Atticus loves. So you've got HD's War of the Worlds. We see the tripods. John, you mentioned the lovely red lady. That is, of course, mentioned straight at the start of the book that he's currently reading, A Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs, which is obviously people might recognise this reference uh, from the terrible and massive failure of a movie, John Carter. Johnny Carter. Um, Is it, uh, I've put in my hey, notes Jesse. here, have any of you actually seen that film? No. No, neither have I. It's mad. That's how how the fuck have you not None seen that? Seen it. Yeah? No. Yeah, it was it's shit. And nobody's seen it. <laughs> that could be a worst of Netflix, so probably. Um, so basically, this character coming down is probably Deia Thoris, is the red-skinned princess. Uh, she's John Carter's love interest, right? Um, and it's worth noting that um, in the Barsoom series, which is the John Carter series, there is a hierarchy among like different alien races to do with skin colour. So it's obviously very poignant well, so towards... I, I in no way ruined the, the Cthulhu Corner. No, I said, no, you haven't. Don't worry, there's loads. Fucking yeah. ruining it now, though, not Let him finish. Yeah, <laughs> no. let him finish. <laughs> I've started to finish. Um, obviously... I'm going to talk about the, the, the sort of Cthulhu-like creature because it's interesting because this is obviously not Cthulhu. There's a lot of speculation on Reddit that this is actually a show goth. Um, it seems to be yeah, yeah. that people think that this is the show goth <laughs> and actually the, the, cre- the creatures at the end are not show goths. Um, and, you know, these cosmic horror shape-shifting beasts, which is what I know what Gaz loves, they are seen in At the Mountains of Madness, which we've referenced already. Um, and they're like sentient fleshy blobs with like tentacles and loads of eyes and they're servants of a race called the Elder Things and that's very prevalent throughout Lovecraft's mm. literature. Um, they this higher alien life form and Shogarths are like depicted as having these squid-like tentacles and they're basically slaves to the Elder Things. So there's also a little bit of, um, there's also a little bit of, you know, uh, narrative through line with those characters as well. And of course... The UFOs, um, which around this time, obviously like 1947, was the Roswell UFO incident. Uh, so Atticus obviously loves his science fiction. I'm sure he's fully, this is 1954, 1955, I believe. So he's fully aware of the Roswell incident, which is why he pictures the sort of UFOs. Well, when was when was War of the Worlds written? It was radio uh, broadcast, wasn't it? Yeah, so he would, would have read that, surely. H.G. Wells. Listened, yeah. Yeah, Radio exactly. That's why the tri- that's why the tripods are there. Um, so this was a little bit of trivia. So later we see Atticus picking up a copy of The Outsider and Others, a hardback copy with its amazing sleeve. Um, how much do you think that book is worth today? One hundred dollars. Depends. Though, Interesting. It? Um, is yeah, it US dollars, please? Yeah. Well, what during US like Black dollars. Friday on Amazon? No, right, okay. just a regular day. Um, just, a, right. just a regular day. I don't know if they do regular discounts day. on regular days. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say 
$12,500. Interesting. Emma? How many copies of that particular... No, just, oh, I don't no. fucking know. Just, have, just give me a fucking number. Well, I was going to I was gonna guess 12,500, so I'm going to go for 12,750. <laughs> what do you mean you were going to guess 12,500? That is garbage. Oh, 100% that was. That is garbage. Oh, I was going to say 12,500. <laughs> right, well, Gareth's the closest. It's $120. No, I'm joking. It's $7,000. <laughs> really? Oh, I mean, that's amazing. $7,000. That is with so, the discount. I mean... If you've got that copy, um, maybe go on the Antiques Roadshow or something. I, I don't know. Do I, That's a show here a in England. Books. Don't know if they've got it in America. Um, well, probably not. Do you know? Do you know what the story of the Outsider is about? Um, we covered it in Castle Rock Critical. It was the other HBO show that we did. <laughs> no, <laughs> different. No, different go on, story. Gareth. Gareth, I will p- permit you. Uh, Cthulhu has sent down some sort of um, madness to me and said that you're allowed <laughs> to say something. How about in, in Cthulhu Corner, we've got space for a Lovecraft lounge where I'll just sit and tell you a quick Lovecraftian story. Yeah. Cthulhu's now saying, shut up and just say what you're going to say. So it's about, I don't want to spoil it, but it is a very short story, so it's hard not to. But it's about somebody who lives in total isolation and mm. isn't isn't a part of society and one day decides to leave um, their sort of their isolation and as they're walking and discovering the world around them, they find this party that they are not invited to. Uh, they go happens. in to the party and everybody is terrified and runs off like screaming and howling. Oh God. Um, I think I'll stop there because it, it, yeah. it's, it's a short, it's a very short read, but it's great. Sounds good. Um, Sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. It's um, excellent. And it is, yeah, it is. It is Twilight mm, Zone. And that's the end. Mm. Um, it's the end of the thing. They all run um, off. He never knows why. And neither do you. Because so. yeah. um, he wasn't right, wearing a mask. About, and it, yeah. This is good. This is good for us for us Brits because I, find, I think, you know, we're quite far removed from this show in a way because it's obviously all happening in America and we're British. But oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're well yeah. British. But I thought what was very cool in this episode is they do mention a town in England, guys. A town in England, which is obviously ne- why this place in Devon County, what they're trying to go to with Arden, is named after. Do you remember the town? Bradford. No, that'd be terrible. They, they actually, they literally, they literally do mention Bradford, just by the way. But why oh, do they? It's yeah. Biddeford. Biddeford. Oh, I've been to Biddeford. Um, I've been to Biddeford. Um, it's actually quite lovely. So do they get, it's in Devon. Do they pronounce lovely it sort correctly? Of coastal area. Yeah, they do. They do. They say Biddeford. Yeah. So it's not like they go like Leicester. Bideford. Leicester. Leicester. Hey, it's named after this town, Bideford, in England. Bideford. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they say in the episode that it was the site of a 1682 witch trial um, and that's true and the supposed witch uh, she had sex with the devil while he was in the shape of a black man uh, and three women were hanged so you know all I'll say is if you're a tourist and it's very hard to be a tourist these days because of covid and everything but if you ever want to come to England go check out Bideford it's lovely this time of year and don't forget to quarantine and wear a mask yeah Go try check out Biddeford, yeah. yeah. Check out Leicester um, as well. Don't don't get don't get mixed up and go to Bedford. <laughs> oh no, that's where me and Gaza from. That's where me and Gaza from. Where you, where um, you're from. I think it's time to move on to some book differences. Edinburgh. Okay. So 
I thought this was interesting, Emma. And Emma, feel free to chime in if I've missed anything here, because, you know, we, that's what we'll do. We'll bounce off each other here. OK, um, I thought that George and Hippolyta have a son in the novel, they correct? Do. Horace? Are you calling and me Horace? They, yeah, what the fuck? I'm so confused. <laughs> Horace. I was like, what's my name? Is that correct, Horace? <laughs> hey, Horace, is that right? Fifth person on this podcast out of nowhere. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Uh, and obviously Horus is yeah. a is an ancient Egyptian uh, god, but I think also a constellation, as is Diana, uh, is uh, the god of war. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> yeah. change. Uh, yeah. I thought that was an interesting change and one I wasn't Thanks, quite sure why Brian. they made that change. Right. Um, but maybe that will become evident throughout um, the season. I thought the uh, mysterious car showing up and stopping the chase. Correct me if I'm wrong, Emma, but I believe that Letitia actually uses some real good initiative in this sort of, that fire chase scene and and she sneaks off and releases some horses into the road or something that stops them chasing them I believe that's so she uses a bit more initiative she does that beforehand so she climbs out of the bathroom window in the restaurant and goes and lets a load of uh, horses out into the street which distracts the guys and gives a bit of a head start but the car does still arrive yeah that's right right. right. then the car arrives Yeah. yeah But that's the thing, like, I think Letitia obviously just runs out and says, let's get the fuck out of here in this. But then she's a bit more cunning, it seems, in, in, in the novel. Like, she's always got like a plan. And even later on, I think in the sequence with the monsters, she's also, um, like, hiding out in the car, if you get what I mean. And then she Cowardly. distracts the officers yeah, so in a way. So after the fight with her brother, um, she's told that she can't go with them for the rest of the journey. She but she go, hides yeah. in the back. And that's what kind of saves the day. Um, yes uh, whereas here it's full-blown monster town and uh, And talking about the monsters (laughs) as i say it's a lot more in the shadows in the book i mean they just go mental for it here Um, and they're heavily leaning into sort of i think what they're doing obviously it's called lovecraft country and i think (laughs) the book is a bit more reserved with some of its lovecraftian um, Mm. references and they come about a lot later they've They've seen the title of the show. They've seeded it as this. And they go, right, let's just lean heavily, way more into it than actually is in the book. You could also and describe it as embracing yeah. it, if you were so inclined. I, th- I think also that if you're going to make a show out of something like this, you want you kind of want to do that, don't you? You want all the blood and the gore and the excitement and the horror because it, it will draw a certain kind of audience in. Yeah, I think that's the thing. This is going to definitely draw two types of audiences at least. And I think that's the thing that... <laughs> Makes it fantastically interesting. A mesh of genres, which we've talked about. Exactly. Maybe more audiences, Gareth. I know you're chuckling over there. Yeah, Four like, audiences. Like seven. Or- Just the two. There's four, we're, we're, four aiming, total. we're aiming for three, but if we get lucky, we might get four. <laughs> All right. Um, guys, do you want to... Should we move on to some listener feedback? Listener feedback? Mm. Okay, so Audience anyone one. can write into us. <laughs> this is from audience one. Have uh, we heard from both can- of them? Um, any anyone can write into us all you have to do is email at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com that's just email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com there'll be the email link in the description of the episode (laughs) let us know your thoughts on this first episode let us know what you're excited about if you think this is a five bloob or a three bloob like john said um yorick chap fallen one of our patreons has got in touch with us prior to this episode airing and has said the following 
Hey there, Fan Critical team. I'm super excited that you're going to do Lovecraft Country next. I read the book back when it came out, uh, and when I first read it, I wasn't aware of Lovecraft's blatant racism. I've never read anything by him and didn't know much about him. Now that I do know more, it's fascinating that Ruff combined his gothic horror style with his actual racist life. Really clever idea, quite meta on a level that I didn't appreciate the first time around. That said, the fact that Ruff is a white guy is interesting. I wonder how the black community, especially African-American community here in the US, feels about that. Is it okay for a white guy to write a novel about racism um, through the eye experiences of black characters? Um, what do you think about that, guys? This is an interesting question. It's a really interesting question. And I think I said in the preview pod that I hadn't looked to see whether he was white or black, but then I did afterwards. Mm. Um, um, and I think then- for me, it's interesting but I, reading it from a white perspective, I think he's done a great job. But I don't know. I don't, uh, authors supposed to be limited to writing about things no, from their perspective. and I think I think and I think that's the thing. I think obviously he's heavily researched and feels like it. When you actually read when you read the novel, if I mean this is Emma's right, obviously as a white person reading it, you you, you feel that you're really going through these experiences with the characters. It's very well, it's so well written, I think, this book. Um, but I'd be interested to hear another take on it because obviously that's just my perspective. But I think he's he's done a great job of, of getting that message across anyway. Um, regardless, he says, I'm thrilled that we have people like Jordan Peele and Misha Green adapting this for TV and making sure the ra- racial themes are accurate. I'll be really curious to see if, what, how they changed from the original text in that regard, uh, i.e. what did Ruff get right and what did he get wrong? Anyway, I've already told the wife that we're going to have to watch this one episode at a time like we did for Watchmen and Westworld so I can be following along with your podcasts in real time. Uh, Normally, we would save the show uh, for the end and just binge watch it, but you can't wait to hear what we all have to say. So that's nice. That's nice that they're changing their viewing methods for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, no, look, good on him. That is very good. I'd, you know, let the wife do what she wants, to be honest. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of that, yeah. you know, girl power and that. Um, Free will. Just on the, uh, I mean, look, m- maybe this is why I see some of the scenes as quite cliched. You know, m- maybe they mm. are because it's, because the perspective is, is from someone that is just like, yeah, you know, it was bad, wasn't it? There's no real understanding of it. Mm. But again, look, I've, I've, I've not read the book, but... Um, mm. Look, that's I, interesting. Having said that, I, I, <laughs> there's a big criticism um, of a lot of Spike Lee's uh, early stuff, where he's his yeah. his white characters are very like one one tone, and there's like yeah. no depth to them whatsoever. Um, yeah, and obviously he's he's developed as as he's gone. So, but, yeah, look, I, I I don't know. I, I I I tend to be on board with what Gaz is saying that I don't necessarily think that you. I don't think you you can't um, write about that subject matter. Um, mm. Otherwise, it's just like how limited do you want to be as as a creator? Um, yeah, exactly. And look, the f- the fact that his work is being adapted by, you know, I mean Jordan Peele and JJ Abrams would suggest that you know, there there is some quality there, and I suspect that not not a lot of it is going to be heavily changed. But who knows? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not been point. so far. And actually, I think one of the great things about being a creator, a writer or a producer or whatever it might be, is that you get to do the research into something that you don't know 
and make it real for your viewers and your we, readers. We, we live we live in a world where you should encourage a creative process that is beyond just you know what what you live and understand and and you will be judged on the, on the quality of that output and and if it was a load of shit then you get people going I'm not buying this book it's terrible but on the other hand HBO have picked it up so it there's obviously something about it so look fair play to him I say mm. and that's it for listener feedback this week uh thank you for your email Yorick uh we uh we'll obviously now feedback is open because the first episode is aired you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com that is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com more cthulhu corner next week more feedback next week back to emma more lovecraft lounge next week <laughs> thank you Len. cthulhu has come corner. down from the heavens to spew lovecraft all over the front room <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gaz, for lying around in the Lovecraft Lounge. I can't even speak. No problem. Lovecraft Lounge. Um, yeah, oh, Cthulhu. I mean, <laughs> put your pants right back mess. on. Thank you for joining us to talk about episode one, Sundown. Um, if you have enjoyed it, as we've said earlier, please subscribe, leave us a review, send us some feedback. Subscribe. Uh, Len has already given you the email, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us and chat to us on social media. We are at fan underscore critical on Instagram, at fancriticalpod on Twitter, and just search fancritical on Facebook. Uh, but for now, I'd like to say thank you to Gaz. Thank you, Emma. Len. Cheers. And thanks, John. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you next week for episode two. Bye-bye. See ya. All hail Cthulhu. Bye. All hail Cthulhu.